0: Once we identify cells that can react against a cancer, we had performed trials showing that when we give those cells back to patients, they did not work well at all. And we gave back large numbers. The body has about 5 times 10 to the 11 lymphocytes, and we would grow, we grew patients' lymphocytes up to almost that number, lymphocytes with anti-cancer activity and would readminister them to the patient and we didn't see much and the problem was they wouldn't survive inside the body. And so based on experimental animal data and of course everything you're going to hear today is based on preclinical work we realized that the body has a way to regulate its own level of lymphocytes. We each have about a million circulating anti Uh, lymphocytes that can recognize foreign invaders in every milliliter of blood. We don't have ten million or a tenth of a million. And there are regulatory molecules called interleukins, interleukin-15, interleukin-7, that regulate the number of lymphocytes one has. And when you saturate those cytokines, it takes about a million lymphocytes per mill of blood, then lymphocytes don't grow anymore. We realize on the basis of this work that to get the anti cancer lymphocytes to survive in the, inside the body, we first had to eliminate the body's own natural immune system. Somewhat paradoxical if you're trying to stimulate uh, the body, uh, stimulate the body's immune system. And so that's what we did. We gave a chemotherapy that had no impact on the melanoma but could eliminate lymphocytes, some whole body radiation to eliminate the remaining cells, and then gave Mr. Wilson back his own immune lymphocytes that were reactive against his, uh, his cancer. Uh, and then stem cells to reconstitute his own immune system. You were in the hospital for about how long?
1: 29 days. 29 days, okay. And what did you notice? I noticed that I, actually before I got ready to, to leave, the tumor that was on the side of my neck and the one that was on my side had started to reduce in size before I ever left. So I was pretty excited about that. Right
0: as you can imagine. Uh, and this was in January? July. July, excuse me, July. Uh, and now Mr. Wilson's x-rays are completely, I'm gonna show you all of his x-rays in, in a bit, but all of his cancer has, uh, has in fact disappeared. Uh, and with this new treatment, uh, about three quarters of all of our patients have had objective regressions with this latest treatment. We're gonna talk about it and I'm gonna show you his x-rays. How are you feeling now?
1: Good, feeling really okay. well.
0: Back at work? And-
1: Yes, back to full speed. Okay,
0: and as you can see, and I'm gonna show you some pictures of Mr. Wilson before he received this treatment, he had some, he was a brunette, uh, (laughs) and because we were attacking antigens that were present on his melanoma, those antigens are shared on the normal melanocytes of the body that provide pigment to the skin and to the hair, and as the melanoma disappeared, you can see uh, the, uh, the handsome head of white hair that regrew, uh, and the skin throughout uh, Mr. Wilson's body is in fact uh, vitiliginous; that is depigmented, uh, and the hair on his eyebrows, eyelids have uh, have been depigmented as well. Not a uh, not a big price to pay for having your melanoma disappear. So that was in July, and here we uh, we are uh, uh, out a fair time, and we're following Mr. Wilson very carefully uh, to. Uh, monitor uh, the progress of this, but as you'll see from his x-rays, all of his cancer has, uh, has disappeared. So thank you. Doug, just wait here for a minute. So let me introduce uh, Carmela Rodriguez, who is a patient that we just treated two months ago. So as opposed to being a year out, we're now uh, only two months out. And Carmela, let me put that on you. So, Carmelo, you're how old? 28 years old. Okay. And what do you do? You're, just, you're
2: in the Marines? Uh, yes. I've uh, been in the United States Marine Corps for uh, about eight years, and uh, okay. just recently got out. <laughs> okay. Why don't you tell us when you first
0: found out that you had a problem?
2: Um, see, it was about May 2006. Uh, I was born with a rather large birthmark on my right buttock, and uh, I was out in Iraq, and uh, basically there was a growth on the uh, birthmark and uh it bled and stuff like that and uh, I went and got you know it's seen and uh, basically out there they didn't have the uh, they didn't have the, you know the tools to find out what it was so uh waited until I got back here and uh they did a biopsy and uh but a couple of weeks later it came back as uh, melanoma and obviously I had no idea what that was so you know and did some follow up with the doctors and they told me basically what it was. It was a kind of skin cancer, very aggressive and uh it was very interesting <laughs> to say the least. But uh So that was f- when? That was uh see about May, May two thousand six. Okay. Uh, I was then sent to uh UNC Chapel Hill down in North Carolina, that's where I was stationed at. And uh basically uh after seemed after they did the first, uh, when they did the initial biopsy, uh, it shot right to my right groin area and the lymph nodes that were there, and I could actually physically feel the lymph nodes like sw- swelling up daily. So uh, that was when my first uh, uh, surgery was, and uh, that time they uh, took out a lot. I think it was uh, 21 lymph nodes, and four of them, uh, 21 of them, uh, four of them were positive for melanoma, and. Uh, I take a good uh, two months to recover from. And uh, what did they tell you at that point? At that point, uh, they basically were telling me that this disease, you know, there's a likelihood that it might spread, being that you know the lymph nodes, lymph, excuse me, the lymphatic system, you know, it's part of your body where you know a lot of it pretty much will spread. And uh, At this point, I was still learning a lot. You know, the doctors were telling me about different treatments, radiation. This is before I actually got in touch with the people. My uh, people got in touch with the people here. And uh, so what treatments were you given? I was uh, just given a surgery. That was my first treatment. And uh, by, uh, let's see, I had a recurrence around August. So it didn't take long. Uh, then, after that, the doctors let me know about uh radiation, and uh, I tried the radiation actually had a recurrence in the area in the same same area while I was taking radiation treatment and uh, so so despite the radiation, the tumor right continued despite to grow the radiation you know and uh, actually at this point, I had got in touch my case manager down in uh, cherry Point got in touch with the people here and uh, i'd come i'd come up here and uh I was gonna try for the vaccine, because at this point I was still stage three. That means that it didn't spread to any any remote areas. So there was no
0: evidence of cancer that we could find, but a high likelihood of recurrence.
2: Yes. And uh, so I came up here, tried out for the vaccine, did all the blood work, and basically uh, I was ineligible at the time. So uh, I did, I tried, I did the radiation, like I said, and then the doctors brought up another kind of treatment, uh, interferon, I don't know if anybody ever heard of that. That's another kind of immunotherapy. Did that. I actually, had another occurrence while I was doing the, uh, the interferon. And so, uh, I'm trying to think. I came. I came back here and uh, talked to Kathy. And at that time, where was where were you told the cancer and, it had spread? Yes, sir. Um, at this point, it didn't spread. Completely, it was slowly working its way over to my left side, that's my right side where it stayed for the longest time for about 11, almost a year. And then uh, it seemed after I did the interferon, it just shot everywhere. It shot, it went to uh, my pelvic wall, went to my ureter, kidneys, uh, my, my lungs, my bladder, and uh, actually my, uh, not happy to say, but my left testicle. And... Uh, But, uh, and uh, she had surgery here.
0: So, Mr. Rodriguez came here, the tumor had widely spread. We did remove one of the testicles, had a tumor in it, as well as some other tumors, so we could identify lymphocytes that had anti-tumor activity. Uh, And then he received the, again, this latest treatment that we've only given to 17 patients so far. Mm -hmm. I don't, I forget what number. I'm I'm
2: number 17.
0: (laughs) Number 17, okay. And. You received that treatment when?
2: Yes, uh, approximately uh, two months ago. And okay.
0: at that time, could you feel any tumors anywhere?
2: Oh yes, yes. Uh, I felt the tumor actually right, right below my uh, chest here, my uh, ribs, uh, and it was very apparent. And uh, I say, almost, probably a couple of days after I finished the uh, actual trial, when I was undergoing recovery, uh, I could actually feel it shrinking. Like I could hardly feel it anymore, and. Uh, how long were you in the hospital um approximately about three and a half weeks okay and uh just results were immediate and how are you feeling now now uh i'm doing pretty good being nice uh, it's been about two months and uh i'm feeling good feeling good got a seven-year-old son he's keeping me active and uh, i feel great okay
0: good all right and we have uh, x-rays mr rodriguez just one month after his treatment, which shows all the tumors shrinking. I'm gonna show you those, but he still has tumors left. He's actually back today. I think you're having x-rays this afternoon, I think, for your second follow-up, I think 3 o'clock this afternoon. So we'll get you over there. So I've asked Mr. Wilson and Mr. Rodriguez, who were kind enough to come here to share their stories, to give you some idea of what it is we do here uh, in the intramural program of the uh, National Institutes of Health. We attempt to develop new treatments to solve problems that are not solvable by today's uh, medicine. Uh, anyone like to ask any questions for Mr. Rodriguez or Mr. Wilson, or Yeah, maybe one or two. Go ahead. Be effective for something other than we're going to talk about that in a minute, and I'm going to show you how we're now working to try to uh, do that. Uh, yes. Just for, for both of you. Uh, given that your initial encounters with experimental. Treatment not successful, I imagine that it would be easy to become frustrated and think,
1: why go back for more experimental procedures? What was your motivation to keep going for more experimental procedures? How did you? Personally, I I have two children. I have a little girl that's six and a little boy that's four. And the way my cancer was spreading, the way things were going, I basically had two choices. I could go home and die, or I could try to do something you know, just my my whole plan was, and what I've asked them to do since I got here, was to keep me alive until you can fix this. You know, whatever you have to do, do it. Because if you know, if anybody's ever read the protocol that we signed up for, you know, there's not a whole lot of positive things in there that can happen to you. <laughs> you know? So, you know, you sign up to basically, you know, I'll take a chance. You know, I like I said, I I didn't have the option of going home. So, you know... I had to do what, what, anything I thought I could possibly do. So, I've, and I'm still that way today. I mean, if it was something was to happen, I'll sign up for just about anything. Our
0: informed consent is about eight pages long, and we list every possible toxicity that can occur, and there are, there are quite a few, but most of them are very, very rare, but in an effort to fully inform patients, we, we try to be very complete. Maybe if there's one, one more question. Yeah, go ahead.
2: emotionally
0: traumatic to find
1: out that you had this incredibly aggressive cancer. And I was wondering if there's any mental health component to any of the treatment you
2: received here or um, how you dealt with that. You want to go first? Sure. sure. Uh, basically, uh, if, there, there's a lot of help for you if you need somebody to talk to. Is that, is that what you're asking? Um, mm-hmm. The mental aspect of this disease? I mean, there's... I mean, if you're you're religious or spiritual, they have that here. They have that anywhere you could see. For me, that's you know what helped me the most, um, the mental aspect. Uh, it's something that you really can't explain unless you're going through something like this. And uh, if you need the help, it's definitely offered. Want to mention Kathy? know, uh, <laughs> Kathy, she's awesome. She uh, she's no a Asia? big go, go ahead. I would say she helps with the mental aspect of it a lot. You know.
0: All of our clinical protocols have research nurses who are expert, not only in the administration of the treatment, but of its side effects and their ability to support patients, and they keep in very close touch with our patients, as do our physicians, who are constantly in in touch, and you can get some idea of how well-informed our patients are, and one of the things we found is that the the greatest fear is what you don't know is existing, and as long as our patients trust that we're telling them, their situation, I think that brings them a lot of comfort as well. Well, Mr. Wilson, did you want to add something?
1: I was just going to say that that is to me, one of the huge aspects that that I realized when I got here was there were very few, if anything that happened to me that I didn't know was going to happen before it ever happened. So and that, you know, the, the nursing staff here is just tremendous as well as the doctors, allowing you to know everything you can possibly know. So you know what to expect. You know if you're going to be sick. You know if your hair is going to fall out. You know if you're going to hallucinate, or you know if your blood pressure is going to go to forty over thirty. Or you know you know all these things are going to happen. So when it happens, there's not a whole lot of shock or or strain to it. I mean you know what's going to happen. So you just prepare yourself and you get ready to go. Okay.
0: Well, let me thank Doug Wilson, Carmela Rodriguez for coming here uh, this morning. Thank you so much.